This episode is brought to you by RLD Group. On a mission to reboot leadership drive, eradicate burnout in tech, and help transform technical experts lacking people leadership skills from being a company's biggest liability into their greatest asset. Leaders in tech are burning out at an absurd rate. Control-Alt-Delete with Lisa Dury is a no BS conversation with a female executive who spent over 25 years in Silicon Valley. If you're suffering from the always on, never good enough, we'll replace you today machine called the tech space. This show will help you reboot your leadership drive. Here's Lisa. Question for you today. It comes, it's really about your environment. I want to know, are you aware of how much is coming at you that you can't even see, but you can feel? What are you, what is really impacting you from a noise level? Perhaps temperature. Maybe it's the clothing you're wearing. Perhaps it's other people's energy or vibe or mood around you. Maybe it's your internal thoughts. Um, All that matters because your environment impacts you as a leader. And I'm really excited to dig deep into this specific lens on leadership today, because whether you are impacted by your environment or someone that you're managing is, we need to talk about this. This doesn't get talked about enough. And it is so important to have a high-performing team and to prevent burnout. So today's guest, well, I'm going to call him an expert because not only is he on a mission to bring light to this topic, but also is living life through this lens. So Neftali Velez, I'm so excited that you're here today. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm super excited to be here and to share whatever knowledge I have to be able to get out to all other sensitive uh, and empaths out there. Oh my gosh. Okay. So hold on. You're called, you're here from Barcelona. Like right now you're, oh. you are with me from Barcelona. So I want to talk about environment and just differences, mm-hmm. right? Even just us logging in and getting together, I have to full transparency, say my mic was on mute and Neff's trying to figure it all out. Right. And talk about all of the, <laughs> just trying to get ready for a meeting. And it was me with one button. So thank you for your grace as we even got ready. Right. And I, I really appreciate that as an example in what we're talking about today, because all that stress of, is the tech right? Can you see me? Can you hear me? People are going through that with interviewing. People are going through that with board meetings, investor relations meetings, product releases. And I just, I'm just curious, can we just start there? Cause that's a real world experience we just had. Um, what might a leader know, or should be, what, what could a leader be thinking about when it comes to just that stress of all that input right then and there and the thoughts and, you know, just making everything work. What's, what do you want to share on that topic? Because boy, we got to talk about this. Well, the first thing that that comes up is perfectionism. Oh, uh, and and as high as highly sensitive people, where we tend to be perfectionists because we're trying to, we feel we have to compensate, right? And and mm-hmm. my reaction immediately to uh, when something was not functioning was. I went over this, oh, what's not working? And I started like feeling slightly overwhelmed, right? but it's be able to get to that point to be like, it's okay. You don't always have to know everything in the moment, but you'll figure it out, right? So that new form of leadership really comes of giving myself space. Mm, okay, dude, first of all, and how much grace did you give me? Because inside you might've been like, what the hell? You put me through all that stress and it was your damn button, right? And you were just like, cool. And so we got grounded and here we are. And I think- um, I think it's just such a testament to you knowing yourself and then for us being able to presence what we knew was going on. So I, let's land what it means to be highly sensitive person, because I know people hear this term and they're like, well, that's just someone who's moody or has big feelings. And we're like, yeah, no, that's why I started off with the environmental question. 
But can you um, explain your understanding and your own experience of what does it mean to be a highly sensitive person? 100%. So a highly sensitive person tends to be a person that has a certain amount of their senses more finely tuned than the rest of the population. The rest of the population being 70%. So a correction, sorry, 80%. So 10 to 15 to 20% of the general of population are HSPs. So that means the best way that I could describe of like spotting an HSP is look at the people that are particular, not difficult, that's different, but particular, right? They don't like sand. They don't like a specific fabric on their skin. They might be looking at bright lights and you could tell that they're bothered by them. You might look at their phone screen and their light might be all the way down. Or if you show them your phone, they react. Um, they're the first ones to pick up a sound a smell, a scent, right? So we have the capacity to take in the world 25% more. So that means we process way more information, but with that same gift comes a big responsibility that we need to learn how to be able to slow down and recoup. Mm -hmm. And something so simple as the it's recommended that for HSPs, we sleep an additional hour just because we need more downtime to be able to recoup of how much processing we've done throughout the whole day through stimulation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing I can say. My own personal experience as an HR professional, there was an engineer mm -hmm. who people labeled difficult. And I used to get the manager in my meet my, we used to have meetings with the manager on a regular basis. Like what's so-and-so up to now was kind of the vibe. Mm -hmm. And it was something as simple as the facilities people being pissed off that this person went and boiled water and stuck it under th the thermometer, the thermostat. Um, I don't even know the, the language I want to use, but basically they changed the temperature of the whole floor because they were, oh my cold. God. Okay. So instead of being like, Hey, I'm cold. It would be like, yeah. no, this is uncomfortable. So they would change the temperature. So facilities would get pissed off. It would throw the whole formula off for the floor. And then I'd have to deal with it. And I mean, have to, cause that's how I felt at the time. Like, Oh, here we go again. Of course. I go have another conversation about temperature. Then it was lighting. And it was like the overhead lights are too bright. It's giving me migraines. And I'm like, okay, so we got temperature and lighting. Now I, you know, now I know better, but these are <laughs> signs for leaders going, Oh, then the next had to do with like the person in the cube next to me types too hard on their keyboard. I can just hear the clack, 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 clack. It's very distracting. I need to <laughs> code. And then, I mean, so it was like, oh, you know, the chair is, it was just like, oh, what is going to make this person feel good? Right. So eventually he came to me with an article and he said, I know I'm getting this label. I know how people feel about me, but this yeah. is the reality. This is how I'm wired. And I'm basically asking you all to work with me. And when I got that article, Neff, I was wow. like, holy crap, Ola, really? This is a thing, right? Wow. So that's the first yeah. word of HSP. And I mean, this was 15 years ago. So we worked with the facilities team and the leadership team, and we ended up getting him an office. And guess what? Temperature controlled, lighting managed, dimming, nobody clacking on the keyboard, happy as a clam, everything was great. And then we had to figure out how to language that for the rest of the people. Well, I want an office. Do I just have to complain about light and temperature? So we had to educate, right? And so it was like the first moment when I'm like, this is a real thing and nobody's trying to be difficult. 
And he was basically trying to manage all of this um, environmental stimulation that was happening that was stopping him from processing what we were paying him to do. So I just kept thinking about all the, pro- the smell processor, the, you know, the texture mm-hmm. processor, the temperature. And so I just, I had so much empathy. So we figured it out, but I have to tell you, without that article, I might, I might've never even understood because he didn't have the language to be able to express it. He was just in my, I'm going to put air quotes for anybody who's not watching acting out or being a pain, right? 100%. But can you feel what I'm talking about? Like you feel, are you buying what I'm selling? Oh, hundred <laughs> like, oh, percent. Well, he was, he was really surviving and it was, it was actually being perceived as he was just being difficult. Yep. Right. And maybe his first uh, reaction to try to solve uh, the problem created a problem for everybody else, which is in a lot of ways, the correct way was for him to inform himself better. And then when he came with that information to you, you were able to help yeah. him. Big time. Right. Big time. And everybody yeah. won. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's a big aspect also about like HSPs, right? It's is one, be, helping them become aware of their trade. So sometimes uh, I've had cases that I've had clients that come to me that somebody uh, within my group of friends or something points that person out. It's it's a family member readily, and then they go, "You're highly sensitive," and that person reacts, and they go, "It's not a bad thing." But also, yeah. if there's some things that you could learn to be able to become aware, accept, and adaptable, mm-hmm. you will be able to be more assertive of your needs without making it a problem to anybody else. And you're, you're also educating everybody else as you're moving through the world, you're moving through your workspace. And now people know what high sensitivity is because we, you know, sensitivity is a spectrum. We all have some level of one of our senses. It's more, it's higher, it's higher, it's more sensitive than, than, than the, the rest of them. So understanding that it's just another part of ourselves. And the more we accept those parts, the more integrated we are as a whole, right? The more oh, yeah, harmony so we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much. So, you know, it's interesting because I, mm-hmm. so even though I had this experience at work, I married a man who later in life we figured out was HSP. And I knew this from work. And then later in our marriage, we were working on some things and all of a sudden it clicked and we were like, holy cannoli, <laughs> right? And so he talks about this regularly. He's actually even been interviewed in a diversity, equity, inclusion app where he talks about what it means to being, what it means to feel included because his um, senses are so fine-tuned. And he's always said, you know, I wish it wasn't called highly sensitive because as a dude, that just doesn't feel good, right? Like highly sensitive dude, you never feel like, oh yeah, that's a superpower, right? And so he's always like, I wish we could talk about it about finely tuned or, you know, really um, that there could be other ways about it. So I think there's even the languaging around it. Sometimes people are like, I'm not sensitive. You know, but when I smell rubber, like a new tire, oh, I get mad. And I'm like, well, look at, that's what that might feel like when you're over, when it's too much for you and it affects your mood or your experience, right? So how do you feel about the language of sensitive? Like, what's that been like for you? And just embracing that this is Elaine Aaron's work and this is the way it's been labeled for people to talk about it. Do you talk about it as sensitivity or what's your language for that? I do, I I embrace a lot of ways I embrace sensitivity, uh, but it's not a, you have to kind of get to that point yourself, right? And sensitivity, in a lot of ways, it's also misunderstood for uh, empathy. And people that are, you know, that feel overly feel and they're overly emotional sometimes, but being overly emotional is hypersensitive, right? So hypersensitivity 
It's just conditioning. That doesn't have to do with anything innate. So it's, I could be highly sensitive and I could be hypersensitive. So understanding those two distinguish uh, these, these two characteristics that are important and understanding that uh, sensitivity is not about emotions, right? Sensitivity is about senses. And, but with awareness, the more you're more aware of your senses, the more you feel. So you also grow in that capacity too, but it doesn't mean that you're overly emotional and you're, you're hypersensitive. So I love being able to talk about that to people because I always say, <clears throat> make sure you don't uh, confuse highly for hyper because I love this anything so hyper much. does not work. Anytime you put hyper in front of anything, right? You're an achiever. <laughs> now you're a hyper achiever. That's yep. not a positive, exactly. right? Hyper rational, hyper, hypersensitive. So, uh, I always like to educate people around that. And the, the I think the only reason probably why I embrace sensitivity so much and I become an advocate for it is because I need to. If I'm not comfortable taking the label, mm-hmm. how can I expect other people want to say, mm-hmm. I'm highly sensitive and you know wear it as a badge and say, you know, and look at them and say, you have superpowers. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's why you, you're doing your coaching and everything that you do with your podcast one of the things that I thought was so cool when I got to meet with you and having my own experience through work and then also in my own personal life is really realizing like people label sensitivity in a way that's not even what it's meant. So I I love, love, love this. It's not hypersensitive. It's finely tuned senses. It's a different thing, right? Yeah. Um, I really want to help the leader who's thinking, hmm, is this the same as an introvert? Right. And mm. I really want to land that for everybody. So could you give the your perspective and understanding for anyone who's this is the first time they're hearing about it and all of a sudden things are starting to click um, before yeah. we just land everybody as an introvert, because that's not the case either. So how how can we define this a bit more for the people listening to really better understand what we're talking about? Oh, 100 percent. So. <clears throat> All this work actually Dick uh, first was discovered by uh, Myers-Briggs. So Myers-Briggs were, did discover uh, high sensitivity, but he never was able to expand on it. So uh-huh. if he probably was alive to today, he probably would have had enough time to probably expand on his Myers-Briggs. Right? And potentially sensitivity might've been a parameter that he would have been measuring. It might've been five parameters instead of the four. So another thing that people always like, forget is like when we think that we're an introvert or an extrovert it's it's almost like we're exclusively that but we're not right so we're always we're always on a scale so something to notice is if you're still not feeling replenished if you're still not feeling uh, whole when you're still taking time and you're in you're removing yourself from other people you might still be overstimulated you might be at home watching a violent movie, reading the news, and we we know how the news could be, and you know, we, we could be reading it, get worked up. That's a highly sensitive person too. That's that's saying that you need to be aware that not only probably you need time alone, but that you need to remove stimulation intentionally so that you could really recover. So you stop feeding your senses more stimulation. And when we could do that is when we fully feel integrated because we need social time, we need alone time, and we need to remove stimulation almost daily. It's like mm-hmm. if you find a practice that you could do it daily, you're so much 
in touch with every aspect of yourself. And then, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if this is necessarily, uh, in a lot of ways, some people might be like, would, why would I want more sensitivity? But the more focus you put inward, the more sensitive you become. But with that is you just gain so much more knowledge about yourself and understanding about the world around you. So you start, you start having less friction because you're taking care of yourself and you start holding space for others because you're, you, you're capable of through your intuition and through your senses, picking up on all the little subtleties in your environment that nobody else is, right? Yeah, but, yep. but you're taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. I love, okay. Mm-hmm. Control, alt, delete, reboot your leadership drive, right? Control, alt, delete through the lens of burnout. Control, alt, delete through mm-hmm. the lens of self-awareness. And you're merging them. Like they're, they're all here right now. What, what I'm hearing you say that I think, I just, I, I, I just want to... Um, what I really want to say, and I'm getting tongue tied because I'm so moved by what you just said. So let me just process. I'm overstimulated right now with because <laughs> right? what you're saying is like, hey, leader, hey, individual, if you have this trait, which 20% of the world does, this genetic code, right? This wiring, and you're feeling like, oh, I'm just an introvert. The invitation is to go, hmm, introversion is one aspect of it, which is what energizes you right? And how much downtime and replenishment you need. And what Mm -hmm. this is saying is, no, when you're looking at your senses through the five lenses, are you making sure that all of them are being nourished and not overdone? So you might be like, well, I only had three meetings today. I should be fine. But if you're listening to the news all the way up and back, the kids are in the back practicing drums. You know, it's really hot outside. Your air conditioner is broken. All that's coming at you too. And so the invitation I'm hearing you make people is, hey, take a look and just scan through all of this and really see, are you really attuned to yourself? Because I love what you said so much that when you're attuned to yourself, you can then be better attuned to others, right? So instead of snapping at your spouse or getting pissed off at the product team for something because, you know, Mm -hmm. the meeting dinged or you're getting too many Slack channel, bing, bing, bings, and it's all coming at you. It's almost like, where do you have your own power in your life um, to really create the environment that best suits you to lead and to love, right? I mean, it's just so inspiring what you're talking about, Neff. Well, it, it's, it's I, I love the way that you framed it entirely. And it, it's what makes me think about it too is uh, it's internal boundaries. Because mm-hmm. we, think, we, we think that boundaries are, you know, are external, but they're really for us. So mm-hmm. when I know my boundary of I'm having too much of something, I now I've given myself permission to say whenever I need it to say, I'm overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Give me a second. I'm overwhelmed right now. And it's, mm-hmm. it's so it's, and I, you know, for the viewers who've, who've never tried to say this before, if you've never dared to say that you're overwhelmed because it feels like a weakness, I could tell you, try it. And those words make a room stop and, and you just see compassion in everybody wanting to immediately calibrate to try to understand how to be able to help you not be in an overwhelm. And sometimes that means just, I'm just going to be silent and hold space. And then within a moment, everything calibrates again, and it gives them permission. You're teaching them how to be able to have permission too to do the same, to say, Hey, I just need a moment. Too much coming at me one for one for one second. Let's yep. take this by steps. Okay, I'm ready to start again. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
I remember I was doing a, I was on a panel and in the background, I knew I had like 20 minutes and then we were getting closer. They were running late and here comes the WhatsApps. Okay. We're down to eight, you know, 18 minutes. Now you got 15 minutes, right? They kept squeezing our time. So by the time I went live, I think I had 10 minutes to speak and I practiced mindfulness and deep breathing. And, you know, I'm a speaker and I got on that panel now and I was like, and I went, Oh, hold on. I said, I want to recalibrate because this matters so much. Right. So I did my three in front of everybody, did my three breaths, wow. put myself down. And then I came back and I landed it. And when it was done, I, I honestly was like, oh, I'm never going to get invited back. I wasn't, you know, that wasn't professional, blah, blah. I had all these stories. Right. And then mm-hmm. my channel starts blowing up. That was amazing. Thank you for showing us all how to recalibrate. Thank you for being vulnerable and going first. We were all feeling it. Right. So I think it's the same thing. What you're saying is like to say I'm overwhelmed. It's actually a gift to the whole room because what I know for this, this, um, this world that we're in, if you have HSPs on your team, they're reading the room and the energy first. And if they can, if they're overwhelmed, mm-hmm. you know, what's coming is everybody else's next. So why not go first and make it safe enough for someone on your team to be like, can we just take five minutes and regroup? You know, Hey, there's too much coming in. I need a minute to process it all. I mean, it's such a gift to everybody. And yet I even, right, knowing what I know and who I am and everything I do was like, oh crap, did I land that okay? Because I I didn't I didn't start off on a good foot. So, you know, I think it's just an invitation to be human and practice and try and then be in relationship to talk about it so that it's okay. Because it, it needs to happen. Oh, 100%. And, and, and again, that goes back to your weakening, your, your saboteur of perfectionists right? Like you're, you're improving, you're teaching yourself that, no, it's okay. I could edit myself in real time and I don't need to, you know, uh, shame or guilt myself. And not, and not only the perfectionist, also people pleaser, because uh, as HSPs, we read the room. Oh. So we want to give purpose and we want to hold space, but that should never come at the cost of our well-being. Mm-hmm. And we could really do it well when we're capable of saying, I need a moment so that I could have many moments for everybody else here. I love this. Oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that and putting it out there so we could have this, this part of the conversation, because I want to turn to burnout for a second. You know, it's one of the main topics of this show. Mm -hmm. And we all know that the world is, you know, we're describing it as Bonnie, brittle, anxious, nonlinear, incomprehensible, right? I mean, how incomprehensible is it that my mic was muted, right? And how brittle was it? That you were like, crap, what's wrong? How, <laughs> we both about how much time do we have, right? And it was nonlinear because we were like trying to troubleshoot, but it was over here, not over there. So at the simplest example, but on a much broader scale, especially when I think about our leaders in cybersecurity, always, you know, trying to make sure that no, nothing's getting hacked and, you know, new viruses coming out every day and people worrying about their health. So one of the things that we believe is that to be um, your best self as a leader, you need to build four muscles, flexibility, intuition, resilience, and mindfulness. That's beyond your technical capacity or your, your leadership skills of people. But if you can be a firm leader, I, I believe that the chance of you navigating this world and not burning out is exponentially higher. And I really believe that HSP traits people that are really tuned in with themselves and the environment around them could be tremendous assets 
to this firm model for all leaders. So I'm just curious when you hear me say this, mm -hmm. knowing what you know about your own experience and HSP in general, what should a leader think about or what might be the invitation be in a conversation with the teams to benefit from the fact that I believe, you know, HSPs on their mission are in, in a firm space. They are flexible. They are intuitive. They are resilient. They're mindful to be able to thrive. So 100%. 100%. 100%. And when you said, when you, you described firm, which I love uh, your definition of it as an acronym, uh, it screams HSP to me. Mm. You're describing a, an HSP leader, right? And if you're in a position of leadership and you are in that scale of sensitivity, you might have mild sensitivity or barely, barely any senses uh, are finely tuned, right? More than the general population you still have a responsibility to that entire population to be able to understand as best as you can and become sensitive. And becoming sensitive is also, it's basically what I'm saying is deepening your awareness. And that again, comes only from within. So it's gathering information, observing, just like you gave that great example about that coworker, mm -hmm. right? That, right. And that was a great learning opportunity for you to then be able to now have this lens for the entire company that you're holding this space for, right? Mm -hmm. And say, no, that's not, that's, that's being difficult. This person is being particular because they have certain needs. And I think that a lot of the world, we're looking for more sensitive, sensible leadership. And HSPs, we a lot of times think that because we get overwhelmed and because we're overthinkers, we might put ourselves down and we might think that we're not strong enough to be able to hold those leadership positions when in reality, we're the most equipped because we have the compassion, the empathy, the resiliency, right? We have everything it needs, the intuition, we use it, everything we need, the mindset, because we have to work on our mindset to become adaptable for us to be able to navigate through the world and just understand that I know how to take care of my needs. And because of that, that means that I'm more equipped to help you figure out how to, how to take care of yours. And that's leadership to me. Totally. Yeah. This is why I was so excited to talk to you. Cause I thought if anyone who's listening um, identifies and understands themselves in, as HSP as this, I'm going to call it a label for a minute. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I can never be a leader because I get overstimulated or overwhelmed or I feel too much and I got to lay people off and I don't want to do that or, you know, reorg or mergers, like all that stuff is overwhelming for the senses because you care deeply, right? And you're in tune with everybody's emotions. But if, if you know how to be flexible, intuitive, resilient, and mindful as a leader, game on because you're going to make sure that everybody's thought of. And I think even be more strategic about it because you're going to feel it sooner. So I just think there's just such a gift in this, in this conversation. And when I think about, when I think about burnout and I, in my own experience with people at work, and then also in my own family, I can see the burnout um, indicators and warnings much sooner because it's visible on those that I love and lead who have this trait, this um, genetic code. And I can feel it like concerts. I love concerts, but when my husband and I go to a concert, when we're done, he's done. He doesn't want to talk. Right? Like, okay, too mm -hmm. much. I did it for you, babe, but that didn't feed my spirit. But if he mm -hmm. and I go boating, right. And it's quiet in the wind and he's just focused. He's happy as a clam. And I'm like, I just started noticing over time. Like when are the times when I just see 
him feeling reju- rejuvenated. And so I feel like um, one of the things I've noticed is it's just quiet, right? And then a little bit of nature is usually helpful. And I'm thinking, can we presence a little bit of that or just, because when you're always on never good enough, we'll replace you tomorrow in tech, back-to-back meetings, messaging, phone calls, urgent crisis. I mean, that's a lot for anybody. And then you have the sensitivity characteristics on top. So when you coach people, what do you, what advice do you give them or what tools are available to them to be able to kind of recalibrate and regulate so they can live in the world of tech and be successful, Mm -hmm. not just always overstimulated? That's a really great question. And we first start by helping them like figure out their identity code. Mm. We can't do anything if we're not clear of every aspect of ourselves, right? What's our trade? Who am I? We figure out percentages. We go down to all the type of testings that's there. And then we start creating schedules that will complement their trades and we start adjusting them in their personal life. They start doing it. And then slowly but surely we start implementing it at work. Mm -hmm. So simple things, right? Like in my own coaching practice, um, when I first talk to people, I don't go on Zoom. I do consultations just on phone. And I've had uh, somebody ask once, and me being an HSP coach, I was very comfortable telling them, oh, it's that I protect my energy uh, and I can't be on Zoom all, all the time. So I also could focus better sometimes when I'm just on the phone. So if you don't mind, the first just consultations is on the phone, but then when we're working together as a client, we're on Zoom, right? So we could take that into work. We could figure out when do I need to take breaks? Do I need to take this call on video and you know provide myself with more stimulation than I need right now? And sometimes you don't even have to be communicating this or ask for permission. You just need to step up and say, hey, do we need to be on camera right now? No, okay, cool, great. Um, I'll be on the afternoon meeting on camera, but right now I'll, you know, I'm going to go on a walk and talk to you, yep, right? yep. whatever it is, but it's creating that distance. And a lot of this goes back to that. Again, always it's back to that work of self. How good are we capable of witnessing ourselves? Mm-hmm. When we do that, everything else starts to fall in place because we speak from an absolute truth from ours. So interesting, because I think this goes way beyond HSP. I think when I think about this and just the leaders that I'm coaching and the groups that we're working with, this is just best practices for energy management, regardless, on top of the fact that if you're a people pleaser or perfectionist kind of saboteur on top of HSP, you might not ask. So the invitation is to like stand in your truth and see what you need. And the invitation for everybody is because when I burnt out after three month medical leave and I came back, I did way more walking meetings, way less sitting, right? I also scheduled things that weren't back to back anymore. I shortened meetings and I gave breaks in between. I also started encouraging my team to do the same, right? Not just do what I say, but, and then we all started noticing how much better we felt. And I think what we're doing now at RLD group is we're even bringing what we call core centering into meetings, deep breathing, stress scrubbing, you know, blithering. We're also helping people with just mindfulness support. And we're also doing positive intelligence with your saboteurs and your mindset. So we're bringing all of these different tools in. And I, as much as I know that that's will help any HSP 
on the planet, I also believe it's good for humanity because the only way we can be our best selves is if we're regulated and grounded regardless. So it's almost like your advice can, I just can extrapolate any leader listening might consider how are you spending your time? What energizes, what drains you? And then what power are you giving away with your, with your schedule? What, what, what can you take back for your own self-regulation to be better for others? I mean, do you agree with that or am I simplifying it too much? No, hundred percent. And at the end of the day is it's everything is an energy exchange, right? Mm-hmm. And are we aware of our intention creates the mindset that's going to create the react, the actions that are going to be actions. I mean, the, I mean, it's correction, the actions are going to be results in our lives, right? So that's how we create our circumstances. So through that intention, that environment, that space is created and that energy is out there. So that again only comes back to being aware mm-hmm. of the mind and what we're telling ourselves. And that's the big component that you just spoke about mindset. So I like to look at three steps that are pivotal for HSPs. It's awareness, acceptance, and like be able to really say proudly, I am an HSP. Bright lights like really bother me, but it won't be your problem. I would just move to the side or, you know, if, if typically restaurants with bright lights bother me, then I start picking the restaurants myself and inviting people. There's certain things, right? I start taking right. the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, and, and then the last one is adaptivity, right? So again, it's, it's, I start taking more control of my decisions in my life. And one thing that if you notice most artists, right? If you think about also who tend to be HSPs, People that work with other people, therapists, coaches, mm-hmm. uh, artists, right? That have, they find inspiration through this other type of processing, sometimes lateral thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think about how we create and the spaces that we create, the most sophisticated, more the, the environment that's created with the lighting and the, and, the, and the right temperature and all these things, mm-hmm. those were created by HSPs. Mm-hmm. And, and and these so are <laughs> yeah and these are places that we're all comfortable being in right that like we we're love, exactly hey yeah. facilities team you want to consult with some hsp leaders and, right hey, and everything is solved yeah exactly hey remote leadership um core team trying to figure out if we're bringing everybody mm-hmm. back or not consult with the hsp group right i laugh because my husband for a while had a home automation business i'll just land that the, automatic perfect, blind <laughs> Temperature control, right? He had a home automation business. So of course he would, because he loved that, right? Anytime, he's also has real estate background. So anytime anyone went to buy a home, he would go observe it all. And he'd be like, yep, that's cracked. That outlet's not working at all, right? This is what you're talking about. And, and it's amazing when you can let that person shine and bring forward what they observe and notice and experience, everybody benefits because it's more comfortable, right? It's just such a gift, such a gift. Well, well, that's, that's, that's really, that's really leadership there, right? You kind of wrap back to what we were initially talking about mm-hmm. when, when you show up and you're, you, you're not scared to, right. Cause vulnerability also really means courage. Yep. So when you're vulnerable with yourself of what your needs are and you're ready to do what's needed to take care of them, you're courageous. And that is, that is the best form of leadership. Mm-hmm. You're leading by example and other people are learning or, or they're, and they're following your steps. You're creating yeah. spaces for others. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you're making me think too. So when we work on a lot of our inclusion and belonging initiatives with our clients, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about extroversion and introversion. And we talk about, you know, DISC and we do, you know, our Colby and our strengths finder. You know, we really do try and bring the different components in to help leaders understand that everybody's wired the same way. And I think one of the um one of the greatest gifts, at least in the HSP in the in for the HSPs that I know and love. For them to just simply be asked, what are your thoughts? What are your observations? You know, is there a question? These are, this is what I know, but you're living this too. And I'd love to know what might be a simple question that a leader can jot down right now to just make sure they ask to be able to um, make it safe or um, open up to make sure the voices of HSPs get heard and presenced. What's a good question through your lens? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um <clears throat> I think the first thing that comes up is uh, kind of giving the space also in the form that maybe that person is not comfortable yet, mm-hmm. right? They're maybe in that first stage of journey to actually speak up yet. Yep. So, so finding, you know, providing that opportunity to say, uh, you could send me an email, you could pass through my office, or you could just speak up right now, right? Or actually send out surveys that uh, are, are capable of, of classifying the experience that people are having in their environment and 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 open to suggestions of how can you improve it mm-hmm. right because because there you're going to see it that's that's when it's going to come out but n- not necessarily having to specifically like pick one person but maybe doing it in a broader scope that it's hey everybody's going through this what are things that would improve the environment for everybody right I and it's that. yeah and, it's an environmental focus question Right. This is so good because mine was like, how might we improve things or what observations do you have? But you're specifically honing in on where we started, which is environment. This is really, this is so insightful to me because this is funny. Like I used to do a lot of corporate events and we would buy shirts and jackets for people. And, you know, sometimes the cheaper stuff ain't so soft. So you still buy the cheaper jacket, you mail it out. And then some engineers wouldn't wear them. And I used to always wonder why. And they're like, well, it's itchy. Right. Some now I didn't think it was itchy for me, but even yeah. that, even purchasing jackets for a team, having you know people that talk about their environment or what they like, or my husband is um so such a gift to me, even for bed sheets. Just an example. You know, I'm like, whatever, it's a sheet. But man, when he picks the sheets out, those are some sheets. Right? It's <laughs> soft, it's inviting. And I think about that on clothing or hats, you know, and I think about just the questions about environment in so many different lenses. Even when I think about the design where they set up war rooms, where everybody comes together and works on the code to get out the door for the customer, you know, those are loud and there's a lot of energy. And so it might be that, you know, in the war room design, how might this work for everybody? Because if you're the critical coder and you're getting all this assault on your senses, that's not going to work, you know? Oh, 100%. And, and a couple of things that I think would be great to like point out here that that also kind of popped up and like inspired when you were talking was uh, going back to the initial point of the people that don't dare to speak up sometimes we would label them shy, but nobody really is shy, mm-hmm. right? We It's a conditioning that it's been taught and people have been labeled that way. It's actually not a constructive one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's looked down as you're socially not as skilled right you're so you're othered so oh dude okay yes we're going yes let's go 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so in that, in that way, like, you know, one of the things I always say when I try to, I hear it, I don't try to make people feel bad that they say it, but I try to educate people immediately go, do you know that shyness is not an innate trade? That person probably is overstimulated enough. They're probably stimulated or overstimulated and they're having internal dialogue or they're taking in the world. They're mm-hmm. an observant more type of person and you labeling them and telling them where they should be in their reality they're going to go inward more and they're going to be more scared and then they use that labeling to be able to hide Mm -hmm. and not show up so that's why it's important to not label it and then another thing and and kudos to your husband that you know sounds like a great man that's also stepping into his power of sensitivity which is more men need to do it because the numbers don't vary it's equally proportioned between male and female but somehow females would be uh, would be more open to label themselves highly sensitive or sensitive because there's an extinct there's a stigma of being a male and you you touched on that a little bit in the beginning right mm-hmm. so all these things are just so so critical to like focus on again instead of if we almost could eliminate extroversion introversion from the language and we could focus on where do you where are you on the sensitivity scale because that says more about Mm-hmm. your awareness that says more about how you're going to engage your receptivity right it, it says about your comfort it says so much more information when we use sensitivity as a way that uh, be able to look at your team and when we're thinking about meetings true leadership looks more like what do you need how would this meeting be ideal versus let me tell you how this meeting is going to be dude Oh my God. Ah, okay. <laughs> ah! First of all, holy crap. Okay. The shyness component. I'm, I'm just going to go there for a second. How many leaders are just like, oh yeah, they're just shy. You know, they just get the work done. They're just the, getting it done. What you're basically saying is, hey, I'm putting you on notice leader. If you have someone you're labeling as shy, you're missing out on that person and it's your job to go fix it. Go make it safe for them to speak up and find a way to bring their voice in. And I'm like, that's awesome, right? (laughs) Then you're like, oh yeah, by the way, this is how the meeting's going to go. That's not leadership. And I totally agree with you. How might we make the best use of our time? What does it look like for everybody, right? And then you were, then you were like, so how many times do you get on board and they're like, what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite food? You know, for your birthday, do you like Starbucks or Pete's, whatever? Like how much more informed might you be and how much more inclusive might you be in simply asking, you know, when you're around bright lights, how do you feel? If there's a lot of noise, are you able to get your work done? And actually factor that into where you decide that person's going to sit or how you're going to run your meetings. Like, holy crap, this is That's so brilliant, freaking awesome what you've mm-hmm. just inspired and what you've brought to light. I, yeah, I have to manage my energy for just a second. <laughs> what the hell, right? That's so much better than pizza or Starbucks, Coke or Pepsi. This is like, hey, do you need dimmable lights or not? You know, I mean, yeah. how many times this facility has been like, don't bring in a space heater or your own fan. Because I talk about this with lens of like menopause, like hormonal fluctuations when you're pregnant. But why wouldn't that just be true for any human being on the planet? You just like, there goes my brain. Well, well, if you think about even like what's happening, right? Like post pandemic, people are not wanting to go back to work. (laughs) I know. 
Yeah. Right. I, I can control my environment at home. Why would I want to go somewhere that I'm interrupted probably more than I I'm comfortable with? It throws you off, right? Like your focus, your focus is hard to to mm-hmm. to keep when you're continuously interrupted. And interruptions also come through your environment that are not humans. And that's what we're talking about, right? When you're yep. continually like the the light. So I, I remember when um past life when I was an engineer and I was working in a mechanical uh, mechanical uh, construction firm and there's a lot of lack of sensitivity in those type of jobs of, of construction right a very masculine energy and they would call it the bullpen and you're just literally on top of each other and I remember there was one lovely but extremely loud uh, co-worker mm-hmm. and I don't know how high I could put the, my headphones on and music on to try to stay focused, but I would always just hear or feel her energy. The lights were terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to wear extra layers because it was too cold, exactly what all these yep. are pointing out. Yep. And so I would come in so much earlier to try to like <laughs> be able to get more hours in and leave earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And then they're like, how come you're not going to happy hour, Neff? Why don't you want to participate, Neff? And you're like, dude, I'm done. Like I did the best I could. Totally. I'm really, this example you're giving on so many levels, how many leaders can just go, holy crap. I've been doing that. I've been labeling people, not, not a team player or not a participant. And same with working moms. They're like, guess what? Or working dads, even working parents, caregivers in general, get me in and get me out. I don't have time for your happy hour. Right. This is the world we're in right now. Oh, hundred percent. And there's, Mm -hmm. there's also like, so I'm an extrovert. So I'm a, uh, it's a smaller population because most of HSPs, 70% of HSPs are introverts. Okay. And it kind of, it kind of goes more with that trade, right? You would kind of be like, that's why you kind of confuse them. And then 30% are extroverts. So me being an extrovert, the sensitivity part of me gets, it's not as obvious to most people because they see me out and just me be an extrovert. Mm-hmm. But when you're around me enough, <clears throat> you start to notice, <clears throat> sorry, he's, he's particular. He has certain, (laughs) right? Like he's very particular, right? And then you could see, you could see where that also plays out in really amazing ways of like uh, thoughtfulness and how I show Mm -hmm. up. But overall, there's also a lot of people that would consider themselves ambiverts when they're not, Mm -hmm. right? If you're not somewhere between 45, 55 on your E and your I extrovert, introvert on Myers-Briggs, you are not an ambivert. What that every time somebody tells me that, what I ask, I start asking them questions and I, I go through the questions of high sensitivity and I say, You're a highly sensitive person. You're an extrovert that's a highly sensitive person. And you're confusing your time to be alone with your time for removing stimulation. Mm-hmm. And they just go, They're like, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And I go, Start now adding time and maybe one hour, no TV, no phone no nothing go walk in nature go mm-hmm. take a long bath like do whatever and then come back to me and tell me how you feel like you're going to want to socialize more <laughs> because that is your innate nature but yep. you're not giving yourself time to recoup your senses mm-hmm. so it's so much more complex than just a black and white introvert extrovert I love as we it. think I think this is so important because the opportunity the invitation for everyone we call them our our double dog dare right it's really go pay attention to how you're even labeling yourself and then pay, pay attention and figure out, you know, cause I'm guilty of that. 
I'm an extrovert. I love being with people. And then there's days I'm like, I am so done. I realize it's because I'm overstimulated. It's not because I don't feel like being around people, but I, I can see your, I laughed at your example because I could have easily at some point been like, oh yeah, I'm an ambervert. I'm like, I'm a flipping, I have a podcast. I'm an, I love being <laughs> with people, right? So here's what I think I'd like to do if we could. If people are like, hey, do I have, do I, is that really me? And I didn't know it. Or maybe they're seeing themselves or someone they lead or love in our conversation. What is the next step that you typically advise people to do to go learn more about themselves? I mean, I Googled it and I figured it out the hard way, but let's save them all this time. Where do you send people to go really assess for themselves? What, if this is some, if this is a trait or if this is something that they really, um, I don't say they have, but maybe that this is how they're wired. Yeah. So there's, I have a lot of resources on my website. So www.spiritpandacoaching.com. Uh, I also have an Instagram spirit panda coaching. Uh, additionally, I also would tell anybody that's in doubt that they're even they're living with a spouse that's HSP, or they might be an HSP, or they might have a you know a child that is HSP. It doesn't hurt to read up on it. So Dr. Elaine Arun, her book on HSP is, is brilliant. And especially if you are a leader in the workforce, it's a book that you should be reading. Mm. Quiet is a highly great book for the highly sensitive sure. person. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like quiet is a great book for introversion and you actually, you understand so much more about introversion, but highly sensitive people, if you are capable to design an environment for highly sensitive people, it is going to be an environment that everybody's going to thrive in. Mm. Dude, that's a mic drop. Hold on. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously, right? Okay. So Spirit Panda. Is it spiritpandacoaching.com? Is that right? Spiritpandacoaching.com. Yeah. Okay, and then Instagram is spiritpanda or is spiritpanda, right? Spiritpanda coaching. Also, Everything yeah. has coaching on it. Okay. Spiritpandacoaching.com, spiritpandacoaching. And by the way, I always like and follow. So you all see me out there doing that. And then if you want the book, which boy, do we, I wish I had that back when I got that article, right? Highly sensitive person is the book. And then mm -hmm. quiet's great for introversion, but it doesn't describe this, what we're talking about today. It's just, yeah. hopeful but what we're talking about is truly designing an environment where everyone can thrive and making sure that you're looking at through this lens because everybody benefits like it's like i don't know it's like a bonus round it's not even like you're just going to deal with how 20 percent of the population you're helping everybody by focusing on this because everybody benefits right oh 100 percent yeah and if the question is half and half 50 50 right 50 percent uh in a nutshell innate and 50 percent conditioning you might not have the 50 percent of an hsp but just if let's say i'm not i'm not sure where you fall on the sensitivity scale but just you learning and and understanding better your husband and being exposed to mm -hmm. him your sensitivity expands it broadens right it totally more, has. More, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and that's what we want. We want a world more sensitive that is more in tuned, more aware, more intentional how we're going through our every day of how yeah. our actions not only impact us, but impact everybody else around us. Mm -hmm. This is how you get a high performing, inclusive team. I mean, this is a, a fundamental component to that where everyone can feel comfortable in their environment so they can thrive and comfortable to ask for what they need and have a leader that doesn't go like, what a pain in the ass that is and go, Hey, how might we manage the lights better or pick the right spot for you or allow you to be remote when it makes sense or off camera, my gosh, off camera. 
Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask you about a song, my friend, because we have this playlist and I believe music soothes the soul and reminds us and mm -hmm. takes us places that sometimes just hearing us talk can't do. So I'd love for people to hear your song and then know that when they listen to the playlist on Spotify, they'll remember HSP and remember the environment and think about all the things we've talked about today. I'm so, I'm so excited. What is the song that comes to mind for you? Um, so this song, it, it's probably very related to where I'm at right now in my life. Uh, so it's my favorite song right now. And after the, a few months of deep inner work, I feel like light now coming back and, uh, it's called gratitude and it's a, from above and beyond. And it's a, uh, house electronic song, but HSPs, we're also a lot of times we're empaths too. So I hear it, I feel it, it resonates in me, um, it moves me. So it's a song that, uh, it, it's, a, it's a feel good song. And is this song, does it have words or is it just musical? I mean, just instrumental. No, it has words there and the words there. are all inspiration about uh, gratitude for, for, for being alive and, and feeling, right? And, and again, being, being sensitive is the biggest gift is that we feel. Mm -hmm. We don't need so many highs and lows because we feel all the transitions. Yeah, all this, we're not missing a beat. And when we become aware of it, it's just it's just a feeling. It's just an emotion. It's not negative. It's not positive. It's just mm -hmm. it's moving through you, dude. Okay, gratitude by above and beyond. Did I get it right? Perfect. Yeah. Okay. First of all, the science of gratitude alone is mind blowing on what it can do for all of us as leaders. Now you've just layered on top of that gratitude for being alive, for having with this these um environmental um attunement right and then to be i'm grateful for this conversation enough you know i'm grateful for this conversation we've been wanting to have this for a long time i think that the yeah. work is so important in this world i know that um the next generation imagine being five six and seven and having the language and the awareness and the parents getting it and you not even um doubting that there's anything wrong with you and just knowing oh this is me Right. And then bringing that into the world and then bringing the world forward with that. I, I imagine a world filled with gratitude and feeling HSPs, feeling not labeled for being sensitive, right? In air quotes, but being labeled as truly people that understand and are tuned into the environment to help us all. I just, I'm profoundly grateful for you and the work that you do. And thank you for spending your time today with us. Thank you so much. I love your podcast. And this has been a great experience. Uh, like you said, we've been talking about for this for a while. And uh, yeah, this is a joy for me to be able to talk and try to reach more uh, empaths and uh, highly sensitive people out there. Mm. Well, you know, they're in tech, you know, they're all over tech. So let's just say you're in the right place at the right time, my friend. Um, so everybody, if you like this episode, share it. You subscribe, whatever those, whatever those social media things I'm supposed to say, subscribe and like <laughs> and all that stuff. Fundamentally share it with someone, get, get the information, follow Neff, Spirit Panda Coaching, um, raise it to your HR and facilities team, bring it up and just know that you'll be helping everybody by paying more attention to this. Um, until next time on Control, Alt, Delete, Release, Aduri, make it a great day and thank you all for your time. Thank you, Neff. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Control-Alt-Delete with Lisa Dury. Head on over to wherever you find your other favorite podcasts and subscribe to Control-Alt-Delete with Lisa Dury. Leave a review with some of that five-star love. And let's keep it real. There's a reason why you're listening to this. 
If you don't get the support you need and start making changes in your life and work as a leader in tech, you can expect regret and burnout in the near future. Lisa and the team at RLD Group have been in your shoes, sat in those meetings, and experienced everything you can imagine as a leader in tech. They can help you get kick-ass results at work without burning out, so you can be present for the moments that matter to you and your loved ones. Take your first step by visiting rldgroupllc.com. RLD Group helps develop technical experts lacking people leadership skills from being a company's biggest liability into their greatest asset. Find out more at rldgroupllc.com. Thanks again for listening. Catch you next time on Control-Alt-Delete with Lisa Dury, powered by RLD Group, as we help you reboot your leadership drive.